1: host plus has been named super rating super fund of the year for 2023 that's a plus issued by host plus proprietary limited check the pds and tmd at hostplus.com.au mornings with ben davis
2: ah yes a very good morning thanks for strapping the shoulder pads on with me origin eve ashes on a knife's edge and one of aussie sports biggest rivalries about to blow Oh, what a big three hours we've got coming up. Bashing the Blues, Baz Ball and Blue Oval Blow-Ups. Baz Ball. I hate it, but I love it. It's a bit like Nick Kyrgios, isn't it? You hate him, but you love him. Maybe it's like hangovers too. Hate them, but I love getting them. As I said, a huge three hours coming up. Maroons coach Billy Slater in just a moment. I do want to throw this out, though, to start with. Should team buses be allowed to drive down Caxton Street. I don't have a problem with it. Do you? 13 13 0467 736 736. It's, it's one of the great origin traditions that's been lost over the last decade. And for me, the game is poorer for it. Well, it's poorer for you, I would have thought. Um, or maybe you put it down to a sign of the times and this risk-adverse society in which we live. Have you learnt to live without it? A bit like the Biff bring back the Biff, bring back the bus, I say. Um, 13 1355046776736. So speaking of learning to live without, uh, here's my other question for you today. which player couldn't Queensland live without? Cameron Munster? No, Tom didn't filled in for him last year. We debunked that theory. What about Ben Hunt? No Harry Grant waiting in the wings. DCE. No, Tom didn't. Uh, It's the question that I've been asking ever since Cleary and Luttrell have been ruled out of the Blues because for New South Wales, oh no, no Cleary, oh no, no Luttrell, oh no, no chance. Well, what about the Queensland team? Do we have a player like that? I don't think we do. There is no standout. Look, I'll get my thoughts on that shortly, but I'd love to get yours. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Origin, even big show playing Billy Slater. As I said, one of his assistants before midday today, just getting confirmation on which one it will be, but we'll take you inside the Maroons' a sanctum. A man who's been there and done it all before as far as Queensland, Australia premierships, Brent Tate. He is going to dissect where things almost went wrong for the Maroons. Remember, we were what? Six or seven minutes away from losing Game 1 in Adelaide. Where do we need to be better from a Queensland point of view? And he's back. Everyone's favourite blue taboo. The original, the OG, Benny Elias. That's right. Every hero needs a villain. We will be talking Ashes. The final day of the first test is tonight. Australia need 174 to win. England, seven wickets to win. To step us through it, a man who's been there and done it all before as far as cricketing is con- uh, cricket is concerned, he partnered David Warner at the top of the order, and he actually handed back the first baggy green he was presented with. That is after 10 o'clock today. Uh, plus the issue that is threatening to tear one of Australian sport's biggest rivalries apart. There is something lurking underneath the bonnet, or is it Bound and gag tied up in the boot of supercars. Parody, Ford is blowing up. We'll get to the bottom of what could be a watershed moment as far as supercars are concerned this series. Plus, I'm rating the prize cupboard. That's right. Every radio station has a prize cupboard. And I found it. Here at SENQ. I've been digging around over the last couple of weeks. I'm rating it because Queensland's biggest sports quiz is back again. It is an all-Origin quiz on Origin Eve. That's at 11 o'clock today. But make sure you're listening over the next couple of hours because I will be giving you answers along the way to our last man standing quiz. I won't be giving you the questions, but I'll be giving you answers. Like this one. Freddie Fittler. Oh yeah, it's one of the answers. Jot it down. I'm not going to tell you which answer, uh, which question. But uh, look, just on the Caxton Street bus, has there been a better origin tradition than the buses going down Caxton Street? If there is, what is it? Lining up at the Caxton after work, after a day. Well, maybe maybe you take the day off. Origin. Is that part of your origin tradition? But going to Caxton Street, going to the Caxton Hotel and waiting for the team buses to arrive before you roll down to the stadium, how good was it? Absolutely brilliant. And I remember back in the day before they actually had the Maroon bus and the Blues bus, it was just always that Murray's white bus. So you couldn't tell whether it was the Blues or the Maroon's bus coming down. You'd take the gamble, wouldn't you? You'd be banging on the side of the door, you'd... Maybe you'd never throw things at the bus. Uh-uh. The Maroons used to sometimes turn the lights on so you could actually see the players coming down. You'd be able to pick which ones. Sometimes they didn't. Um, What was your favourite moment, Caxton Street, with the bus? Was there a year that you remember that you were there? And is it something that you want brought back? Because I reckon it was a 2000 that they stopped doing it because that thing called public liability insurance came on and became all the... Well, it became the fun killer of all things cool. They said it was too dangerous, yet it was reintroduced in 2009. Caxton Street is just as iconic as Suncorp Stadium itself and during State of Origin is swamped
3: by passionate Queenslanders who are ready to let their feelings known to anyone who dares don a Blues jersey. The Queensland Maroons bus traditionally travelled the Caxton Street route in the early days before diverting to another route, citing safety concerns due to the unruly crowds. In 2009, after a nine-year absence to a crowd chanting Queenslander and under police escort, the tradition was relived.
2: See, they've brought it back in the past. 2011 was the last time that happened. All right, and Sam. Nice. One nil to you. No, not the Wenger bus. <laughs> Maybe that's the New South Wales bus. Uh, look, an old mate of mine, Shirosh Mehta, from the uh, Caxton Street Development Association, he has called for it to return. As I said, it last ran the gauntlet in 2011 after the floods. And my memory might be foggy on this, but I recall it was almost like a feel-good gesture for the city, a, a rallying cry, if you like, maybe in tune with the Mud Army, just like it sort of got us up after the floods. That For people rebuilding their lives, their homes, their businesses, it was something that was just part of the fabric of what we were as Queenslanders, part of our DNA, part of our folklore, getting the bus down Caxton Street, our most famous street in the city, on Origin Night. And I guess that's why Sharosh wants it back. He reckons putting an end to that bus trip is one of the worst things ever to happen to Caxton Street. Maybe that's going a bit too far, but has he got a point? The way it was done, it was extremely safe. The buses crawled very slowly. There were police escorts. It was an incredible atmosphere. Everyone cheering on the Maroons and booing the Blues. I was part of it during the 90s. I may have been part of it during the 80s too. I couldn't get inside the Caxton at that point. But I was there after school. We'd go to Lang Park, put our school bags down, get changed. And then we'd wander up towards Caxton Street after watching the under-19s, the Queensland Police and the New South Wales Police go head-to-head. But then we'd watch the buses come down Caxton Street. Look, I did plan to have Sharosh on the show today, the president of the Caxton Street Development Agency. But sadly, he's laid up in hospital and we wish him a speedy recovery. But he did send me this note. He said, "Ben of... Of all the 300 metres they've got to travel down under police escort, it would take no more than 10 to 15 minutes total for both buses to go down. From Petrie Terrace to the ICB on-ramp. I mean, it's Caxton Street, right? He then goes on to say, the police will always be present there under their traffic management plan on game nights, complete with patrol cars, motorcycle cops. They're at both ends of Caxton Street as it is already. There is no extra cost to this. All they have to do is get on the radio once the buses are at the traffic lights at Milton Road, crossing from Roma Street, and say, here we are. They fire up the patrol cars, the motorbikes complete with flashing lights, announcing to fans on Caxton Street, please move off the street onto the pavement. They've done this before. They've reintroduced it. For whatever reason, they don't do it now. They can cite public safety, but they cited that in 2000 yet brought it back in 2009. Last time, 2011. Sharosh goes on to say, it leaves Caxton Street clear for the buses to roll down and we cheer the Maroons on. It's a tremendous morale booster, not only for the team, but for the city, for the state, for the fans. He says, in doing so, it mitigates the concern for pedestrian safety. I know they pulled the plug on this after 12 years, but... And this is from Shirosh Mehta, the president of the Caxton Street Development Association. He says, I take it that public safety is a top priority, but this can be done safely. I just reckon it's an origin tradition we need to bring back, don't we? Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. 0467 736 736. And now time for Ben's Snap Judgment. Yeah, all thanks to Snap Fitness for the feeling of fitness. Jump into Snap. Um, I mentioned it earlier. Which which player can't Queensland live without? I would argue that we can replace all of them, except maybe one. Uh, Yesterday, had Craig Greenhill on our Maroon Takeover show. Yeah, former Queensland prop. This was his take on who's irreplaceable for the Maroons. One, Lindsay Collins, just that big body. Yeah. That but hits that line hard. Yeah, I mean, he brings, he takes a lot of damage in, into any defensive line and, and wears them out. But we've got Carrigan. He, he takes the ball and very hard. And so does Flagger. Yeah, and yeah, you know, and, and All that. Yeah, we've got a yeah. great go forward in our pack.
0: But that little punch at times when you need, to, you want to hurt that opposition. But also,
2: uh, there we go. That was Craig Greenhill uh, yesterday. So he reckons Lindsay Collins is the most irreplaceable player in the Queensland lineup. I suggested to him, what about Christian Welsh? And he said, yeah, big body, but he just doesn't have that punch that Lindsey Collins does. See, is Knuckles got a point? For me, the only one I could probably argue, and this one he touched on there, is Pat Carrigan. Pat Carrigan has played four games for Queensland, and he's topped the tackle count in two of them. And that was off the bench. The impact he has had. Off the bench in his first three games, that was last year. Unbelievable. He won the Wally Lewis medal as Origin Player of the Series off the bench. He's averaged 139 metres, and again, three of those games were off the bench. He's made seven tackle breaks in his four games. 214 post-contact metres, four offloads. He always has the defence working, thinking on their toes. I'll step you through that again. Seven tackle breaks, post-contact metres more than 200, and offloads four. And that's just in four games of State of Origin. That second phase play, he keeps the defence guessing. But why I think he's irreplaceable is who else comes on and does that? Who else can we get? For every player, you run the rule through the Queensland team. You've got someone who can come in and do that job. In the halves, it could be Deirdre. That fullback, it can be uh, uh, Caelan Ponga. In the centres, you've got Gagai waiting in the wings. You've got players that can be replaced. You've got Corey Oates who's missed out. We know um, we've got injuries with Solomon Cobo. So there, there are options. But a ball playing lock? Where else do we find that in Queensland? You have a look at what he's done for the Broncos this year. Top of the ladder, 2023. He's averaged almost 14 hit-ups a game. 168 metres on average per game. 20 offloads and passes. So again, a ball playing lock. 23 tackle breaks. He just keeps the opposition on their toes. He keeps them guessing. He keeps them thinking. A ball playing lock for Queensland. Who else fits into that category? 13, 13 55 Is he the irreplaceable Marone? And if not, who's yours? And why? 13 13 Mike, thank you for your text. I love the intent of Baz Ball, especially watching Joe Root. It'll be interesting when and if England gets behind in a Test match series. Mike, thank you. Baz Ball, I love it, but I hate it. Well, should it be, I hate it and I love it. I can't stop watching. Uh, Razor, very good morning to you. Morning, Ben. How did we pull up after doing the overtime yesterday? (laughs) The Maroon takeover. Fantastic. Fantastic. We're dripping in Maroon today.
4: That's the spirit. Well, you're looking good anyway. Put it that way. (laughs)
2: Hey, Ben,
4: listen. I wanted to talk to you. I'm really disappointed. I I don't know whether it's just me or... But the lack of maroon, the, the, the fact that Brisbane's not a fortress today, I know it's the eve the before, you know, you go to a lot of opposition places and it's made to feel like a fortress. Melbourne, when you go down to Melbourne, it's a fortress. But this city, even when they had the, the um, Roosters Bronco game, nothing till the day of the game. This place should be... Full of maroon colours today, making New South Wales players and people feel like they're not wanted in this city other than here for the game. It's really disappointing. The only maroon I've seen leaving the airport is a picture of Fields and Pat Walsh. It's in (laughs) maroon. And not bad heads for radio, those guys. But (laughs) I'll tell you now, Brisbane just does not have the spirit. It's like the game's sold out. The crowd will get them over the line tomorrow night. No Premier coming out in a maroon dress. No, nothing. It's really disappointing, Ben, to be honest. It should be a fortress, Brisbane today.
2: Razor, I I remember, and this this is... uh, uh, Look... I don't want to be one of those, like, in my time, in my day, but I remember as a kid that the butchers used to have maroon sausages. They used to, you know, the, there'd be dye in the beer, maroon-coloured beer at the pubs. There'd be people will, you know, walking around in jerseys, maybe a, a cap at the very least. And this harks back to what I was talking about, getting the bus back down Caxton Street. Some of these traditions... They're the, the traditions for a reason. We're, we're Queenslanders. I mean, Choppy Close yesterday said, you're, you're a Queenslander. What does it mean to be a Queenslander? You just know. You just know. It's hard to explain, and you don't need to when you're a Queenslander, because you just know. One of the first things I used to pack if I'd ever travel anywhere was my Maroons jersey. And I, I, you're right, Razor. I reckon we may have lost that. We may have lost that.
4: Ben, ben can I just say this? I'll go back to my day. Back in Melbourne, when we used to travel through Collingwood, if it was a Collingwood-Carlton game, mm-hmm. you'd travel through Collingwood, the street directory would pick itself up and hide in the glove box if you were going <laughs> through that section of Collingwood. You know, But I'm still on my hunt for Ben Hunt up here. I, I hope he's listening to all those little transistor radios I put in the club hotel this morning. <laughs> They're all being powered by the signal charges we've got. But I'll put it this way. If Ben wants to come up to Queensland, he wants a premiership trophy. I found one of the one of the two trophies the storm was stripped of. I'll I'll put it in his bedroom for him. He can have that one. <laughs> but let's go to the Titans, Ben.
5: Ben okay.
2: Ben so have a to the day. Titans. Razor, all the better for talking to you. We've kicked it off with an absolute winner. Do you agree with Razor? do, do we need to do we need to have more colour, more atmosphere around town? Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Yeah, it's a fortress. Yes, Suncorp has sold out. Is that going to get the team across the line? Well, Billy Slater's had his say on that. We'll hear it next.
1: Hostplus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Hostplus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, thanks for your company. 26
2: minutes past nine. It is Origin Eve. It is the final night of the first test of the Ashes tonight. (laughs) What a 24 hours of sport we have got going. Ed Cowan, former Australian opener and a partner of David Warner, at the top of the order, will be here in the next hour to dissect all things Ashes. And again, at 11 o'clock, we'll have the quiz whiz. Can you be the last man standing when it comes to our Origin quiz? We have a Cigna Power Bank up for grabs. That's what I found at the bottom of the prize cupboard. I've scattered a few things around, so I'm going to see if there's any other pieces of paper, any vouchers along the way to pick up, Uh, but keep listening out. We have clues for the, well, not clues to the questions, but clues to the answers. Uh, many Elias, not too far away. We've, got to rub some, Well, I've got to rub his nose in it after after our chat we had before game one. But right now, let's hear from the Queensland coach, Billy Slater. We heard yesterday that after their opposed session, their final session down at Sanctuary Cove, there was a play where it looked like Reuben Cotter could be starting instead of Jeremiah Nanai. Billy Slater.
6: Um, yeah, not sure that's an option for us. Um, Jeremiah, he, he plays on that right edge, so um, you know, he's in some great touch, he's obviously had a bit of time off, but um, the, the game he came back for, he had a lot of energy about his footy, so got a few options there. You know, we lost two wingers in game one, we lost two back rowers in game one, we had Ben Hunt and Dave Fafita playing in the centres for a period of time there, so... Um, yeah, I've, I've come to learn that you need a, a backup plan and you need to be able to think of everything oh, I'm, not, I'm not thinking about confidence I'm not thinking about wasting opportunities we're we're pushing all our energy into giving ourselves the best chance to play our best footy. and that's all we can control um, the guys have done a great job during the week um, you know we're we're in this position you know, what 36 hours before game two and um, you know everything's everything's happened well so far but it means nothing if we don't turn up tomorrow night and play our best football so that's where we're all channeling towards history is history and it'll be what it'll be um but that's not going to make us play any better or any worse um what's happened before in game twos so um it's important that we just push all our energy into playing well for the game in front of us tomorrow i honestly could not care less who is favourites and who's not favourites, who's got players in and out and all that sort of stuff. Both teams are very even in that regard. You know, New South Wales have got injuries, they've got new players in their team, so do we. So you've just got to do the best with the team that you've got. We're very happy with the team that we have. Um, You know, you've got to adapt to their strengths and that's what we've been looking to do this week.
2: Yeah, Queensland coach Billy Slater addressing the media just uh, moments ago when it comes to team changes, when it comes to the atmosphere at the ground as well. Uh, yeah, favouritism. He's just so focused on tomorrow night. But the question I'm asking this morning, w- what Marone is irreplaceable? Is there one that stands out? And it's okay if there isn't. Maybe we are just a champion team rather than a team of champions. That That's okay too. It, it's something that Billy was asked about this team, this 17.
6: We've got 17 players in our team and no players any more important than, than the other one. And that's how we look at our footy side. Um, I'm sure there's, there's left-edge, right-edge ruck and, you know, players that stand next to each other, but um, we need all our players um, bringing our bring their teammates into the game. So that's the way we look at our footy style and that's the way we approach it. I'm not comparing it to any other era. I'm, although I'm saying it's not the start, they're just getting started. They've created a great foundation to their footy. And I'm talking about their footy. And And you could probably throw their connection off the field in that as well. But certainly their footy, I just feel that they're just getting started with the foundation of their game and... And once you get that, then you can start growing different tentacles off that. So um, that's what I mean by that. There's great connection within the group. But you you get that when you spend time with one another, when you go through adversity that they've gone through over the last four games. um, You know, players, you know, unfortunately putting their body on the line and then missing out and other players coming in and um, doing those players um, justice. So, yeah, like that, that creates connection and that creates friendship and and, and bonds so yeah they've got that.
2: There we go Billy Slater just moments ago as I said so he is primed, he is calm, He was he was also a little tense, I mean there were questions about Ben Hunt and the distractions of the Dragons contract saga going on but he dismissed that, he shot that down pretty quickly. He said, we're here for Origin. We're here for Origin too. And so is Ben Hunt. Haven't seen a change in him. That's from inside the Queensland camp. Their final run on Suncorp Stadium will be happening this afternoon. The captain's run. It'll be behind closed doors. Uh, that's where they'll put the finishing touches to it, whether Jeremiah, Jeremiah Nanai starts, whether it's Reuben Cotter. I mean, Reuben Cotter has come on and been man of the match last year, played 80 minutes. He wasn't expected to. Uh, So he can do it. He wouldn't be a bad one to start. But what about New South Wales? What about the Blues and which way they're going to go? Well, one of our favourite antagonists who dared us, dared us to play his comments after game one. We will do just that and get his response. Benny Elias from the other side of this news hit.
4: Not
7: going to beat you. We're going to smack you. We're going to. We have to. And I can just see this is the side that's been picked to do a number on you guys. It's uh, it's time that the tables turn. The the rugby league capital city of the world is in in New South Wales, and I think we'll we'll, we'll ascend our authority on that in our uh, game one down in Adelaide. So I just can't wait. And we're not going to beat you. We're going to do a number on you. That's 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 coming from the horse's mouth that used to. Yeah, just sick and tired of watching it year in, year out since I've retired. time to happen.
2: Ah, that was Benny Elias three weeks ago. Three weeks ago before Origin 1. And he actually said, I dare you to play this. I dare you to play this after game one. I bet you you won't after we beat you. Well, I have played it again, and I'm glad to say that he is on the line listening to that. The blue we love to hate the most, even after all the years, years. And we probably love to hate him the most because he actually won more Origins than he lost in his 19 games in New South Wales. Uh, Benny, happy Origin Eve to you. Look, I meant to say that for this one.
7: It was meant for this one. It was pre-recorded. You told me you weren't going to play till the second game.
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> what? I, I tell you one thing you have fixed up for this game. You've got, yeah. you've got your sky blue back. You've got your oh, jerseys well, right. Yeah. But I think yep. you've got more problems than that, though. A lot more.
7: But, look, it's, um, it's back to the wall. And I still say what I say or what I said. Um, in, in that game leading up to it, I still think that we are the strongest side. This is the capital city for rugby league, mm. and uh, it is certainly going to be a game that we look forward to. To make sure that we, um, you know, we've, we've got we've got no, it's do or die here. It's 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 uh, death-defying stuff for us here. All in New South Wales is just pumped for this game, and um, I think we can come back with a vengeance.
2: But you're going to have to, otherwise the series is gone. How difficult is it for a New South Wales team to come to Queensland, to come to the Cauldron, to come to Suncorp, Lang Park, whatever you want to call it? How difficult is it to come up here and play and then try and level a series? It's only been done once.
7: Well, yeah, look, you wouldn't want it any other way if you're a player for the New South Wales side
2: and also our our great supporters. We,
7: We love a challenge and there's no greater challenge than doing that up there at Suncorp Stadium. A history... Say uh, states very clearly that you're very dominant up there, and 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 so be it. But look for the challenges for the young kids. They, I wouldn't want it any other way. One 0 down, and uh, my last time I, I ever played in something like that was in the kang one the kangaroo tour in 1994. Where in 1990, I beg your pardon, when um, in England beat us in in game one at Wembley, and we had to go to Old Trafford and and Elland Road to to win the series, and we did that, and I think that. You know, we've got some uh, some great great players there in, in this side to do something very
0: similar.
2: All right. What did you use as motivation for that time round? Just to give us an insight into where, maybe how the Blues are thinking and approaching this game. Look, they,
7: they, they know the importance of this game. It's important for themselves from a personal point of view, but more important for for all of New South Wales and the game of rugby league, I think, you know, having a one a one all decided to come down to Sydney, where it is the capital city of rugby league, and the and it really is a, uh, a challenge where you just rise above the the pack and make sure that you make the difference. And really, destiny is in the hands of those eighteen players or the seventeen players that they're going to line up. And and we we're we're very keen and very positive. And I think the approach has been quite quite uh, you know I, I think quite energetic and. Very confident. That's, that's probably the words you need to use at the moment for these players.
2: Well, it's a different approach to game one. Um, Benny, I, I, I do want to play something else that you and I spoke about in, in game one, and it's surrounded to Vita Pengai Jr. Oh,
7: man, look, that's probably just a – that'll be just a pinch of salt. I've got to tell you what's coming your way is going to be something extraordinary. You know, he certainly is the enforcer and is, has played, I suppose, his way into that side – with his aggression and his uh, authority. And that's exactly what we require up there in um, up the first game in Adelaide. That's for sure. I think it's the most important game of the series is game one. So, you know, we've got a bloke that's got, you know, muscled up in form and uh, ready to
2: just let loose on you guys. So, Benny, Mm. what what, what happened? (laughs) He's not there now. (laughs)
0: What happened? Well, he's not there. Yeah.
7: He a, obviously didn't listen to my motivation about how and why he's there. He didn't listen to me, and if you don't listen to me, you get
2: sacked. Well, he's been. Brought, so, he brought. He was brought in to do one job. He had one job. Uh,
7: look, you guys are very, you're very good winners, Queensland. That's one thing I do know. Whenever we won a game, whenever we won a game up there in Queensland, you'd know the next day because it was on the front page, back page of the Courier Mail. It was everywhere on the headline news. But, mate, when you get beat, you would not know I'm there to be in a state of origin game. You guys are the world's best bosses and greatest winners of all time. So, look, touche to you.
2: (laughs) Okay, so it's a different approach for this game because you haven't got the fire and brimstone. But you do have, and this is right up your alley, you've got two hookers. Uh, you've, got a, yep. you've got a bloke who plays for the Cowboys, so he's an honorary Queenslander. He's as yep. hard as a cat's head, Rhys Robson. And Damien Cook, who uh, is quite explosive. How, how do you see this playing out? Because it is a very different approach.
7: Look, it is. And we had to learn a hard lesson game one. I mean, if the, the truth be known, they've, uh, they've gone back to the drawing board, looked at themselves and thought, wow, well, we've got that wrong, didn't we, game one? Queensland went in with two hookers and very successfully did well. And they made the difference. At the end of the day, they made the big difference. And uh, they had the courage to game one to to put two players in there that uh, weren't in the winning series the year before. They went for youth and they went for players who played in form. We've taken a leaf out of your book and and done very similar. And I think that's the side they've picked is become a real in-form side. Um, We don't lose much with Cleary, with Moses in there. We don't lose much with Appy out and having Cookie in there. So look, I think that uh, look, fate moves in mysterious ways, mm. and and these players have got the great opportunity to 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 really put a mark on state of origin and and, and make a name for themselves for the for the years to come.
2: Uh, now, Benny, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just going out of limb here. Moses is he is he he's your nephew? Is that right? He is my nephew. Yeah, it's my sister's
7: son. Yeah, and uh, he's a. A real dynamite, mate. He's he's been real good. He's been in form, and they've picked the side. You know, when you when you have blokes like Joey Johns and Greg Alexander in your team, when they're picking selections, yeah, you, you know you're comfortable knowing that the seventh they pick is going to be spot on. So, congratulations to Mitch. He's done a great job. He's been working very hard on his game, and and here it is now. There's something that he when he goes to bed every night since the age of seven, I think his dream comes true, where it is one nil down going up to Queensland against all the odds and he's the number seven so it really is set for him.
2: What advice do you give him? I mean do you reach out to him do you, you, you do you have chats what do you what do you say heading into this? Oh, game? Of
7: course we do look we, where we're look, he's, I'm very close to Mitch he's a, a wonderful young man and look he knows exactly what, what he needs to do and my greatest advice to him was just keep on doing what got you to this position and if he does that,
2: I think we're in good stead. He's quick. He's got a great kicking game, but he's the only one that I can see in that New South Wales team that can have a, Has got the boot on him, so they know if you pressure Mitch Moses, if you pressure the half, you're just going to, you're going to shut down those uh, kicking options.
7: And a lot of pressure we put on him. Um, you know, Cherry's already made it very clear that he's. You know, he's he's. It's, this is game like no other game that you play and it's Way quicker, far more physical a lot more pressure and um he's in the keep he's in the key position to make all that happen
2: all right Benny. um i'm just hanging on i'm just hitting i'm just hitting record and play here so we've got it on tape for game 3 any bold predictions for this one uh, like you've had in game 1 gone on. <laughs> no <laughs>
7: Well, no, got <laughs>
5: nothing. <laughs> something, got anything, nothing.
2: something, anything, nothing. All right, I got nothing. That doesn't that, that, that doesn't instill too much confidence? Before I let you go, one final thing. Um, yeah, I, I've been talking this morning about the buses down Caxton Street. There, there, there's a push on yep. to bring them back. Why can't we bring them back? What What are your memories? heading down Street. my Australia. greatest memory
7: was my very first game up there in 1985 when my captain Steve Mortimer stopped the bus and he he stopped the bus right outside the caxton hotel and we were sponsored by the twoys blues back then and we had the big toys blues on the bus and they knew exactly who was in the bus they started throwing cans and booing us and fruit and anything they could grab anything they could grab they'd throw it at the bus and just they just had a chant to, to boo us and Uh, and Mortimer just reminded us on on how important this game was and what it meant to New South Wales for all the people that you touched in your life all throughout your life with regards to, you know, being your first bloke that you've had a fight in the schoolyard, your first girlfriend, all those people we're going to watch tonight. And we're there to represent the great great state, the greatest state in New South Wales, and we're going to go do them proud. And the bus took off. And I saw tears in the eyes of Noel Cleal and Blocker Roach and Wayne Pearce and Gary Jack, the greats, Brett Kenny, And not a word was spoken. And we got up there and we beat you guys in front of your own home crowd against all the mob. So, you know, it, that's what we need to take away from it. And the last, that is the last and most greatest advice I could give to the kids who have wearing that beautiful blue jersey that, that they're playing for everyone here in New South Wales.
2: Now, that's a fair call. Maybe I'm second-guessing about bringing the bus back. Although, if that's the only thing that's going to get you across the line, maybe we need to get it back to make it a competitive. Benny, always a pleasure. Good luck. May the best... Oh, yeah, very good. <laughs> may the best state win tomorrow night. Thanks for having some fun with us today. Benny Elias there um, on the Venga bus. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Benny Elias and Block a Roach to the Venga bus going down there? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 7, Should the bus be brought back coming down Caxton Street? Uh, and who is the most irreplaceable Marone? I, I, I'm I, struggling to follow. I tried to mount a case for Pat Carrigan, but are we just a champion? Team rather than a team of champions. Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Some text coming through. We we'll get to them straight after this.
1: Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. A fifty-seven-meter gain
3: on that tackle. Count of five. And Jones puts it across towards Saylor. The bounce is good for the Blues. McDougall gets it away. Rodney Howe joins in. Daly gives it away. McDougall will score. McDougall has gone in to score for the Blues. What a bounce.
5: What a
7: bounce
2: for the Blues. Yeah, what a bounce indeed. That was the last time New South Wales have come to... In fact, it was the only time they've come to to Suncorp Stadium and levelled the series in Game 2. How do we stop that from happening tomorrow night? I do want to do a deep dive into the Maroons and what they need to do to seal the series. We are here today, all thanks to Maccas as well. Proud sponsors of Little Legends, supporting grassroots sport here in Queensland and the man I've got on the line, is more than a little legend. He has grown up in Queensland, grassroots and all, but he went on to play 23 Origins, 25 tests, and take out a premiership for the Broncos along the way. Uh, Speaking none other than Brent Tate, who is now doing all the analysis for Fox Sports. Tatey, um, before we get into the Marines, what they need to do tomorrow night, the biggest question of the day, your memories of catching the bus down Caxton Street.
8: Yeah, well, they obviously don't do it much anymore, but I remember uh, Mel getting it organised. And, um, mate, it was quite the experience, to be honest. Um, You know, you've heard all the stories about going down Caxton on the bus. And um, it was the Queensland bus, and I was genuinely scared and didn't think we were going to make it to the ground. Um, (laughs) Everyone was just going absolutely nuts. I I genuinely thought the windows in the bus would break, mate. But um, it was such a cool experience, and I think, uh, you know, Again, it just probably highlights what it means to the Queensland people, and you know how much they love Origin, and uh, yeah, mate, it was a really, really cool experience. But as I said, I, I genuinely had fears that we weren't going to make it to the ground. It was it was absolute chaos.
2: Was it used as motivation, Tatey? Yeah, I think so. Like, or, or intimidation?
8: Just, <laughs> yeah, well, probably a little bit of both. Um, I just think it's a really nice reminder of what it means to people. You know, like I. They're all there. They're all there to watch you. It's important to them. They're all got their colours on. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's probably just a really nice reminder of what's actually on the line. And how much it does actually mean the the Queensland people, mate. It was, it's a co- it's a really cool experience. I'd love to see them bring it back. I don't know whether they will be able to with safety reasons and all that. But um, mate, it. I'm so glad I got to actually do it. You know, they're liking Caxon, mate, and night United, it's a zoo. So um, it's great fun. What a great place to be.
2: <laughs> exactly right. All right, let, let's talk down to business, uh, get down to business for tomorrow night. Uh, motivation, intimidation. No more intimidating place than Suncorp Stadium, but we can't just fall back on the home ground advantage, can, can we? I mean, and this is something I'm sure you, you would have experienced in, in that run, complacency. How do we avoid the C word?
8: Yeah, it's a tough one. I think you've got to get out of the mindset that you think just because you're playing at home, it's going to happen and you don't, you know, the, the crowd will get you there, which it doesn't. You, you, you've got to play the crowd into the game. Um, and you do that by obviously working hard and doing all the sort of the fundamentals to to play well. And that, that obviously brings the crowd in. And once the crowd comes in and you're on top, you know, it's, it's um, you know, it's a beautiful place to be. So,
2: is, is that a know, per, is that a personal thing, or is it something that the coaches maybe Mal or, or and Billy and Cam in, the, in this instance would they would they talk about it at, at the beginning of the or even throughout the week to, to make sure is there a, a way of of not being complacent that the that coaches would bring into, into play. Well,
8: I think that'd make them really aware of that it's a false place to be if we think, you know, going to Suncorp, it's just going to happen for us without having to, you know, work hard and pay a price. Because, mate, Origin's about paying a price physically and mentally. That, that's what you've got to do. Um, and if you think you're going to go to Suncorp and it's going to come easy and the crowd's going to get you yeah, out, you know, you're going to get on the back of the crowd, well, that, that, again, the only reason it does that is if you play the crowd into it. And that's by doing, you know, paying that price sort of early and getting on top. So, I'm sure Billy's mentioned it to them. I'd be really surprised if he hadn't at some stage. Um, yeah, I, I think Queensland's greatest attribute at the moment is is having Billy as your coach. I just think he's, um, you know, the way he prepares them mentally and obviously physically, he's, you know, second to none. So, um, you know, whilst I get really nervous, Benny, it is an Origin and Origin's built on, you know, famous victories on both sides, that is. Mm. Um, you know, this would be a really famous one for, for New South Wales and another chapter in the Origin book. So... You know, sometimes that's what makes me nervous, mate. It's origin. Anything can happen and you lose a key player or a key moment and all of a sudden things can completely change. So I think, uh, mate, New South Wales have certainly picked a much better side than their first game. Um, I think the the addition of Rhys Robson, who I would absolutely 100% expect to start, mate, is a great inclusion. And and a couple of other key guys there that I think – Mate, I, I just think, you know, it's they're, they're setting it up nicely for an ambush.
2: Him starting because of the way he plays or is it the Damien Cook factor off the bench?
8: Uh, I just think how tough he is in the way he plays and how good he is defensively, mate. He's, he is a tough hombre, um, Reese Robson. And, you know, one of the things he does at the Cowboys week in and week out is he leads the line speed um, and, he, and he's got a bit of whack in him. So I, I think, um, mate, I think he's absolutely made for this arena. I actually think, he'll absolutely excel so um yeah I, I think without a doubt he'll start i'd be really surprised if he doesn't but even if he does come off the bench mate, he, you know he's quite quick um around dummy half that he doesn't get much credit for but um yeah i'd expect him to start and then obviously bring cook and that that seems to make more sense
2: We are peering behind the Origin Curtain with a man who's been there and done it before, Brent Tate. All right, mate, let's bust it down from a Queensland point of view. We we look at what happened in Adelaide and it was an amazing win. It was against the odds win, but that was probably the issue for me. The the fact we were six or seven minutes away from actually losing this game and a win can wallpaper over some cracks. Where do we need to improve and where were the, the cracks for you? It's funny, Benny. I was in
8: Adelaide, and you sit so far away from the ground, it's it's really hard to get a read on the game. Um, you know, when I was looking back and, and thinking about that, there was large parts of the game where we couldn't even get out of our own end. Mm. Um, you know, the, New South Wales were completely dominant through the middle there, and, you know, we were just, I guess, um, on the back foot a hell of a lot of the time. So. I think for me, the bench is going to be really, really important for Queensland in this game. I think once those starting middles go off for a rest, those guys that come back on the field need to really lift because there was a real lull there, I thought, um, in game one. Uh, you, you, you're dead right. I New South Wales probably weren't at their best and they still nearly got away with it. Um, so, look, there's going to be improvement in both teams. I think the second game always opens up a little bit more and you know teams throw a little bit more caution to wind and... I think New South Wales will really play football here at Suncorp, especially if it's dry. I get I get the feeling they'll really throw the ball around. So, um, you know, that's dangerous for us because, you know, Moses has got a great long ball, got a great kicking game, a long kicking game as well. Yeah. Um, so, look, we've just got to be better, mate. But Billy all week's talked about getting their game on. And, you know, if they do that, mate, we've got some strike there too. So... Yeah, it's, going to, it's, it's fascinating, mate. I, I, you know, again, it's, it's an origin match. Who knows?
2: I, I think that Moses is their only kicking game. So that's where you know the focal point of attack will be. If there's an Achilles heel, it, it, it's right there. We know where we can hone in on that. Now, we hear Cleary out. We hear Luttrell out. We hear, oh, New South Wales, the, the two major players, the two big factors are out we can't win. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to put my finger on a Queenslander that is irreplaceable. Is there anyone in this team that we go, oh, Struth, if he was out, we'd be in strife?
8: Oh, I'd probably think last year we dispelled that theory, didn't we? With yeah. uh, you know Munster coming out and and coming in and doing a great job. So, look, no one's irreplaceable, mate. I remember my mum telling me that... the pro- uh, President of the American, uh, United States gets replaced in five seconds. So um, they're replacing <laughs> him. Anyone's replaced The him, so. wisdom
2: of Mrs. Tate. I love that. <laughs> yeah.
8: yeah. So that, that's a bit of a – that hit home pretty quickly. Um, oh, look, I mean – it's, it's, probably-
2: it's okay to say no because that's where I was leaning towards to start with, where you go through, you run the rule. Like we all thought it was Munster last year, right? But Tom Dearden comes in and, and absolutely brains it. So it's okay to have – a champion team rather than a team of champions, right?
8: Well, well I think that's what Queensland's built built their whole legacy on, mate, is is having a champion team. I don't, you know, no one's ever bigger than the team. And, you know, I remember when we first started, Mel was always really big on, a, you know, you come into camp, it's a team-first mentality. And I think that's why we've been so successful over a long time is because it's not about an individual, it's about the team. And, um, yeah, it's just – look, there's no one – I think Billy, again, is – done a really good job in providing that again that platform where you know it's next man in the maroon jersey it's about respecting it it's about respecting the people and getting your job done so yeah he's done a wonderful job bill in that sense
2: outstanding stuff tady look we've covered us politics we've covered wisdoms of mothers and we've covered buses (laughs) down Street. we've done everything safe travels to you mate and, and and let's soak up tomorrow night either way
8: yeah, absolutely, Benny. Go the Maroons. It's going to be absolutely fascinating, mate. I can't wait. Neither
2: can we. Brent Tate, outstanding stuff. Uh, he's got a point, hasn't he? We were struggling to get out of our own half. It couldn't really be on the back of New South Wales kicking game, was it? From memory? No. Uh, I know Ruben Cotter ended up shifting out, playing on an edge, losing some punch in the middle after we lost Tom Gilbert. But again, that could be an issue tomorrow night. We've got a bit more size, a bit more power now, do we? Your thoughts, 13 13 0467 736 736. News hits and then the ashes. Ah, yes, that is the cue to talk Ashes straight out of Origin and into baseball. And my next guest is, well, he's one of my favourite humans, despite being a New South Welshman in Origin Week. 18 tests for Australia, 17 of them as David Warner's opening partner. And he's also one of the best thinkers in the game of cricket, so much so that he actually handed back his first baggy green that he was presented. Uh, never one to travel the well-worn path. He has travelled the globe working on his game. Club cricket in the Netherlands one day is for Scotland, British side playing for Oxford, and he's also picked from the members bar at the SCG to feel for Australia. Uh, Ed Cowan, a very good morning to you. Welcome to SENQ.
9: Hello, Benny. <laughs> I'm a little concerned that you're talking origin football before potentially, you know, what's shaping to be one of the Great Test matches of all time, so I think you got your your priorities a little, a little shifty up north.
2: Yeah, that's spoken like a true New South Welshman, mate. Listen, before we before we get into Edgebiston, <laughs> talk, talk talk me through the New Year's Test in two thousand and five, Australia v Pakistan.
9: Well, that, that seems an eternity ago. It's a full uh, full cricket career, but. Uh... It's a pretty well-trodden story. It was Shane Watson's debut of all games. Um, good Queenslander come New South Walshman. Uh, <laughs> I'd had a few beers. I needed a 12th man to run some drinks. I think Warney was a little hungover, so he he was getting some extra attention with the Diet Cokes and Nurofen Plus, so they needed a few hands on deck. Uh, yeah. And from there, I wasn't really expecting to have to field for an over. But uh, did did they really the day, pluck uh, you from the members was, bar at the SCJ? I was in a in a queue to get a beer in the members bar. Yes, that is, <laughs> that is true.
2: And what you get the tap on I, the shoulder I from who? I did, I,
9: did, I did tell the the room attendant. I said, mate, sir, I don't think I was drunk, by i extra stimulation But I'd, I'd had a beer, um, and he said, uh, we, "We just need you to run a few drinks." so "No problem, I can do that." Uh, Andrew Simons came off for a for a leak, and next thing I know, it, I'm in the middle of the SCG. <laughs>
2: Outstanding stuff, and you get you get the the some kit too, don't you? You get a what? You get a tracksuit? You get the? You did, but yeah. uh
9: that, that wasn't for me. No, I, mean, uh, I, I, I tried it on and gave it back. It was a, it was a nice buzz to be around. I mean, we're talking uh, a team that has probably seen no no equals since Hayden, Lang, Ponting, um, you know. Clark, uh, Gilchrist, you know, there were some, some names there to yeah. to really uh, immerse yourself in. So it was a great learning lesson for me and, and gave me some great inspiration at the very start of my career because I'd made my debut in New South Wales, I think a week earlier, um, to, to really get my head down and, and try and score some runs.
2: Well, six years later you were there in a real baggy green one. You didn't give back and wouldn't want to give back to making your test debut. Let let's let's focus on edgebus And as you said, one of the one mm-hmm. of the all time great ashes tests it's turning out to be Bazball. I I hate it, but I love it. I can't stop watching. But you have to love it.
9: You can't yeah, I mean when when you talk about what test cricket needs and, and there's so much conversation that test cricket's dying in the, in the force of, of a T20 whirlwind and the IPL and what does the future of cricket hold? Here comes something that is unexpected. The English cricket team playing outrageously attacking cricket win at all costs. So it's pretty hard not to love what they're trying to do. I'd love it not to work for the next <laughs> six weeks, but yeah, Aside from that, I hope it really does shape how test cricket's played. I, mean, I, I was as dour and as boring as anyone, but I do appreciate um, you know, that, that people actually probably do play their best cricket when they're, when they're looking to attack, and, and it's a style of cricket that you, you do have to admire.
2: Look, you're very self-deprecating when it comes to your style, and, and we'll get into that shortly, because there was a bloke down the other end when you were batting for Australia who who had his own sort of Baz ball, Dave ball going on there, David Warner, but, 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 but how, how do you see this playing out? And I mentioned when I introduced you, you've spent your time around the globe, you spent some time in England, not necessarily, well, there was county cricket, but also uh, different pitches, different competitions. Uh, that the pitch that they've dished up is, well, it's not doing really much, but conditions when it comes to possible rain tomorrow. How do you see this playing out on the on the final day with Australia needing 174 to win, England needing seven wickets to win?
9: Could not be more evenly poised. I think I'd probably rather be in the England change room than the Australian one. Uh, I, I still think there's a, there's a high probability that Australia will win this Test match, but it's going to rely on Kawaja uh green head and carry to score probably let's call it 140 of the 180 that's needed maybe more mm. wicket's still excellent it's taking a little bit of turn but uh, mo and ali as we know is, is suffering from a from a big open blister on his finger which doesn't sound like much but when you're trying to ball off spin is uh is pretty hard to to execute so One thing the England bowlers are—they're skillful. They know the conditions on these, you know, these drier English wickets. The one thing that does worry me is is overhead conditions because there is a little bit of rain scheduled, and as soon as that happens in England, you you can really look up and not down. Doesn't matter how good the the wicket is, if if that Duke's ball is swinging, it can make batting hard. So it's it's set up for an absolute grandstand finish here. This is going to be a. You know, if the weather's reasonably good, um, you know, the first two hours is, is really going to set up the day. And if Australia can lose maybe only one wicket and, and knock out off 80, 75 to 95 runs, let's call it, I think they'll win the test.
2: Outstanding stuff. We are speaking to Ed Cowan, a man who's been there, done it before, played for Australia, batted with David Warner. David Warner in just a second, uh, Eddie. But we just spoke about baseball and the batting tactics. But it's not just batting, is it? It's it's the fielding. It's the way they set up the mm. the the surrounding the 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 batsman surrounding the wicket square, that upside down umbrella. And Australia has been criticised for its fielding placements when it. Comes to a, well, I guess a defensive field, putting players back on, on, on the boundary. What, what's your read on that? What's your take on that? Yeah, hasn't that been a,
9: a divisive tactic? Uh, every ex player known to man has, has had, had something to say about it. I mean, the, I actually don't mind the theory of trying to contain the scorecard knowing that they're going to come hard. And so it's something... And that's putting blokes on the fence, isn't it? It is. It is. You know, we talk about it on our our cricket podcast that's that's every week, I'm sure a few people listen to as well. But the worst thing that can happen is you look up and they're one for 200 off 30 overs. You know, then the game really is dead. And so to be able to put pressure on them by uh, actually controlling the scoreboard is, is something that they've tried to do. And it's actually been effective. If you look at the scores, 350 and 270, that's not the reason why Australia's hanging in the balance. It's actually because the, the top order batters haven't scored scored the run. So I actually think the bowlers have done the job. The field placings have worked. It's now over to the batters to, to go get them.
2: All right. Well, let's talk about that top order. I mean, Marnus. Uh, there's a, a few eye openers there, but we know he's ranked number one in the world. But the man who came into this test under the most pressure is is, is your old opening partner, David Warner. What, what have you What have you made of him in England uh, this time round, World Test Championship, and and now the Ashes? And and do you see him playing out the series?
9: Oh, he needs some runs, doesn't he? I think
2: to. To state the
9: obvious, Benny, um, I mean, I do think, as you know, the Australians picked a squad for two tests only, which is a little unheard of when it comes to, to Ashes tours. And my gut feeling is that was done for this exact conundrum that they're facing. Yeah. You know, it's uh, Dave Warner in form is certainly in their best players, but his last two years have not been anywhere near his best. And so I think that they've given themselves a natural hedge to say, if by the end of the second test, this guy isn't firing, then unfortunately we're going to have to replace him probably with, with someone like Marcus Harris, I think's probably the, the front runner. So he's under pressure. You can say all you, all you want that uh, you know I'm, I'm playing well on the nets and I'm, I'm, I'm moving well, but at the end of the day it's a, a game judged by the runs you score and, and unfortunately he's not getting them. So the, the question will keep popping up and, until he either does get them or the, the selectors make a choice.
2: Nine and and thirty six. There, that's the uh, that's the return from this test. A sixty run, sixty one run opening stand with Uzi, uh in this uh, yeah. second innings. Um, but yeah. yeah, he's got another test to uh, to see what we can uh, do. And and you never know a win. It does wallpaper over. Well, I think some so. Rates. Yeah.
9: If 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 they win, for sure, I think that's the the key call. If they win, I, I think that the team changes. Uh, the team doesn't change rather if they lose and and hopefully they don't um then you know the, the the question will certainly come up whether that that spot is is up for grabs
2: Eduardo you said you were down when you were batting and did that change because you had someone like david warner down the other end or was that just you
9: well,
2: that's a good question
9: i i think uh i actually played my best my best cricket when i was attacking and and anyone that did follow shield cricket probably would agree with that my best Hundreds were, you know, uh, know, striking at 70 or 80. But uh, one thing I did know, my job in the Australian cricket team was very explicitly laid out that it was to face as many balls as possible to ensure that Ponting, Clark and Hussey didn't have to come in and face a new ball. Um, It helped that the bloke at the other end was at the peak of his powers, really, in in his test career. And, And I just had to give him the strike where I could. So it was a bit of yin and yang. Had my time over again, I would probably would have liked to play my my test trigger a bit differently, but but uh, you know you you sleep in the bed you make.
2: Mate, it has been outstanding talking to you as always. 18 tests for Australia, uh, 17 of them with David Warner, including it was a an Ashes uh, test in there as well over in that part of the world. Mate, enjoy the tonight, the rest of the this test, and and uh, hopefully you're not enjoying tomorrow night as much when uh, Queensland. Uh, beat New South Wales in uh, state of origin. <laughs> yeah,
9: I'll, you, I'll take an Australian win over uh, a New South Wales loss any day of the uh, the calendar year, then,
2: mate. Good man, honest. good man, Eduardo. Great chatting to you, Ed Cowan here on SENQ. All right, he's made some very interesting points. David Warner, a 61 run stand with Usman Khawaja, it, it it's it's handy. Is it enough to save his Test career? He's got one more test, the second to run. This one's not over yet. But where does he sit right now in your mind? Has he done enough? If they win this test, you, you don't change, do you? You don't tinker with a winning lineup? You might have to, well, there will be bowling changes. Surely there'd have to be. 13 13 55 50, 0467 736 736. ball. We love it, but we hate it all at the same time. <music>
1: Hostplus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Hostplus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au.
2: Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, four minutes past 11 and 18 degrees. It's just ticked over to that too. It is a sharpish start to the morning, but it's a sharpish start to the final hour as well. 13, 13.55. That's the number you need to be part of our, well, to see if you can be a quiz whiz for this week. Uh, and I've made an executive decision. I'm moving the goalpost just a little bit. If you are one of the first three callers through... I might even extend that out to five. But if you're one of the early callers through, I'm going to give you a second chance. So if you do fall over, you can ring back and try again. How's that for an incentive? Thirteen, thirteen fifty-five. Yes, because see, we always get those who hold back and wait till the final few questions, but you can get a second chance. Uh, look, there is something threatening one of Australian sport's biggest rivalries. No, not state of origin. I'm talking Ford and Holden or what is it now, Ford and Camaro, supercars. There's something brewing there, and it's to do with the fact that the Mustangs have won just one race all year. Why? There's blow-ups from the Blue Oval. We'll get into that this hour. We'll catch up inside Origin Camp with one of the Maroons' assistant coaches, Josh Hannay. Yes, we'll be on the line. Just to get an insight into what changes they need to make to make sure that Game 2... Is going to go Queensland's way, which leads us into this our first question for the quiz. <laughs>
1: Ten questions, one winner. Time Time for Morning's Quiz Whiz. And now here's our very cheap version of Tony Barber. (laughs) Benny Davis.
2: Uh, Yeah, cheap indeed. At five minutes past 11.13.13.55, it's the number that Mike has jumped on. I'm tipping listening via the app because, Mike, you're in Bundaberg. Hello, Mike. Yes, you are there, Ben? Yeah, there we go. Got you loud and clear. You're in Bundy, yeah? That's right, yeah. Beautiful. You're listening on the app. Outstanding. How is it this fine Tuesday morning?
4: Uh, it's a beautiful sunny day. I'm just about to head out to for a game of gold.
2: Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. Well, not a bagara, are you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant. The road. How's that par six looking? All right, well, let's get into this. The <laughs> quiz for, for this week, it is an all-origin quiz, 13-13-55. You want to jump in? You're going to see if Mike can get the full 10 to kick us off. When was the last time the Blues squared a series at Suncorp Stadium, Mike? Uh, 1998. Yes, correct. Well done. Off and racing. Question number two. I may or may not have given an answer to this one a little bit earlier. Who's the most capped Blues player in Origin history? Uh, Brad Fittler. Tick away. Yes, indeed. Two down, eight to go. Mike, here's one from the Annals of History. What year did Darren Lockyer retire from Origin Football? Uh, uh,
4: 2013?
2: Close, but not there, Mike. Not there. I hope that doesn't sour your chance at winning golf today. And as I said, I've changed the rules, So this is not your only chance to get through. If others stumble at the next hurdle, you can have another shot. All right, Mike, 13, 13, 55 is the number you need to be part of the whiz quiz. All right, let's have a look at the line. Oh, hang on. Where do they all go? Where do they all go? Braden, what happened? The call has just all dropped off. All right. If you were hanging on just a second ago, waiting for Mike to stumble, now is your chance. I oh, don't tell me Telstra are playing up again. 13, 13, 55. Here we go. They're coming through now. I'm glad. Oh, that would have been very awkward. All right. We're down to, well, we're only down two questions. Mike can get a second chance. Uh, John, very good morning to you. All right, question number three. There we go. We're we're back back in business. I thought the phone lines were going to do us dirty there. All right, question number three, John. What year did Darren Lockyer retire from Origin Footy? 2011. 2011, indeed. That was the last time the bus went down Caxton Street. We need to bring that back. Okay, question number four. Who's the oldest player to make their origin debut?
0: Artie Beaton.
2: Yes, Big Arthur in game one, 35 years of age and 169 days. But who's counting? All right, question number five. Oh, this was a question I should have asked earlier to someone who was we had on the line. Who's kicked the most field goals in an origin game? In an
4: origin game. Yeah. Uh, just in one game, not in no, in, not in, in yeah, in one, not, not in
2: one in one game, not not in Origin history, but in one game, who's kicked the most field goals? Uh, I um, you know, should have asked you um, about yeah. this earlier. Have a, have a quick stab, John. And because you were the uh, second caller on, you might get a second chance. All right, here we go. Throw right, a name uh, out. Trekmoli. Brett Kamali is not correct. John, thank you for your for your go. Where are we going now? Uh, Jace out of Burpengary. Hello, Jason. Uh, it's Jake. Oh, Jake, is it? Sorry. It's got yeah, a, J- no, right. Jake. No, all right, Jake. Well, let's fire up here. Question number five. A bit like Bon Jovi. We're halfway there. Who's kicked the most <laughs> field goals in a single origin game?
9: I'm going to go back to like the 80s and say uh, Steve
2: Mortimer. Oh, played with him. Well, that's all I'm going to say. Can I give a clue? I just did. Played with him and very, very <laughs> close. Uh, Jake, thank you for that. No, he's not, uh, it wasn't Steve Mortimer. Wasn't Steve Mortar. And this is the chance and this is the issue that you have. If you hang back and wait till the last go, well, then you may miss out. 13, 13, 55. Line them up. You were there waiting before. Jump back in now. Who has kicked the most field goals in an origin game? One single game. Go- and it's a, well, it shouldn't be a trick question because you think you only need one field goal to win, right? Well, no. Someone's kicked more than one field goal in a game. Why? Why would you? Uh, And remember, open to uh, John and open to Mike because they were one of the open and earlier callers through. You can get a second chance. 13-13-55. That's the number you need. Let's have a look. Lining up now. Yeah, see, that's always the way. Hanging back, waiting for everyone to stumble. It's the Steve Bradbury approach. I know it's a last man standing quiz, but what if you went all the way, coast to coast? All right, Dan, a very good morning to you. Question number five. Are are you confident about this one? Who's kicked the most field goals in a single origin game?
9: Oh, if it was close to Morton, I'd say Sturlow.
2: Oh, no. No, 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 no. Right era, right team. But not a half. Try again. Not a half yet. Try, try again. Keep them coming through, Dan. Thank you. 55. I didn't think we'd trip them up. You know what? It was probably my fault because I should have asked him when I was speaking to him earlier. Uh, yeah, there's a clue. Uh, it's one thing that um, it's one thing that uh, it did slip my mind until I, I which I shouldn't have, because when we're writing the quiz, it's right there. 13, 13, All right. Yeah, see, now they're coming through because listening earlier, I said I'd give some clues. Uh, Tony, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? Very well. Do you know the answer to this one, which I thought might be an easier question than it was? Who's kicked the most field goals in an Origin game?
0: Uh, Michael O'Connor.
2: No, it wasn't Snoz. No, 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 no. And it's, I know, it's. It, yes, it's a trick question because you're thinking only one field goal, right? But no, someone has actually kicked two in a single game. All right, I reckon there might have been plenty now trying to uh, Google that to see if they can come up with the answer. Where should we go? What line have we got there? Slam and Sam, who can we pick up? Gary's out at Strathpine. Gary, morning to you. Hello. Yeah, Gary, got you. We're on the air. Hello. Who's kicked the most field yep. goals in an Origin game?
3: Benny Elias.
2: Benny Elias has kicked two. Two in one game. Actually, when I get him on before game three, I'm going to have to ask him that. Why? Why What? Why two? He couldn't just stop at one? No? Two goals. All right. Question number six. We are on the downhill slide now. Here we go, Gary. This could all be yours. Who's the only player to win a Wally Lewis medal? So a player of the series without actually playing all three games in the series?
0: Billy Slater.
2: Billy Slater is the correct answer. The Queensland coach, 2018. I'm pretty sure he played one game in that series and he still won yeah. the best player of the series. I know. Controversial, but maybe, maybe not. All right, question number seven. Who scored the first try for Queensland in game one in Adelaide? Hammer. The hammer, yes, correct, Mundo. Off and running. Question number eight: Who has coached the most State of Origin games
5: for Queensland, or ah, no, in total? Um,
2: Wayne Bennett. Oh, close but no cigar. Gary was on a roll there. Question number eight. Uh, hey, John has chimed in again because he has been given a second chance. We got him in early, and this is the reward you get. John back again. Question number eight. And so this is the this is the time when the phones light up because you think you're a chance. Who's coached the most Origin matches? Mal Meninga. Mal Meninga is correct. Thirty of them, in fact. Go Big Malcolm. He'll be on the show tomorrow, as always. The Australian coach, the immortal in waiting, and Queensland's Messiah. Question number nine, John, the penultimate question. Which Blues legend was born in Toowoomba? He's a Queenslander. Peter Sterling. Peter Sterling, indeed. Well done. Here we go for the home run. John. When was the last time any side, any origin team, i.e. Queensland or New South Wales, won the series with a clean sweep? When was it?
4: Uh, part of the eight straight. There were Cleveland did one of them. Um, i
0: say...
2: 2009. No, John. Right. Yeah, it was a really good guess. A really good guess. But just tripped up on the last one. All right. Jake's back from Burpengary again. One of our second chances. Jake. Yep. When was the last it time is. a team won a series by a clean sweep? Uh 2010. 2010, and it was a run. Jake, outstanding, and I, I love the fact now we've got this second chance thing going. I think we're going to pick it, that up and run with it, mate. All thanks. That's a lot. I like that. Yeah, I, I like that too. <laughs> See, it, it rewards you for going in early. Hey, stand up and be counted, and you get rewarded. Exactly that. Now, mate, I have got you. You will never, ever, ever ever run out of juice for your phone again because I've got a Signet Boost power bank all thanks to – Yeah, all thanks to Signet. It'll keep your phone, your tablet, your earbuds, whatever you need power for, it'll keep you powered 24-7. You just don't know how invaluable this is until you don't have one, but you've got one now. Jake, thank you. Thank you for being part of our whiz quiz or our qu- well, being our quiz whiz. <laughs> for this week, getting into Origin Two. We'll be back to you again next Tuesday as well. I like that modification to the rules. I think it does, yeah. I think it just spreads it a bit more even and rewards those who go in and go in early. All right, what's happening with the supercars? Why are the blue ovals? Why are Ford fans up in arms? And it's not just the fans, it's the teams as well. We'll find out shortly. <laughs>
1: Hostplus has been named Super Rating, Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Hostplus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis.
2: Uh, yes, the Origin Pump Up song, and Sam is Redeeming Himself. What song would you pump up to before jumping into battle at the Cauldron? 13, 13, 55, 0, 04, 736, 7, 7, Uh Ray has said, we know why Benny Elias kicked those two field goals. It was his way of saying goodbye to Origin. It was the same game Mal said goodbye in. Yeah, Origin 3 in 1994. The Blues won it 27-12, so it wasn't to win the game. 27-12, two field goals. Benny Elias in the fair dinkum department. Actually, Brad Fittler kicked a field goal on that as well. Field goal central. So he just did it because he could, huh? There's another reason why to... I hate Benny Elias, isn't it? Uh, thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five, oh four, six, seven, seven, three, six, seven, three, six. Look, Ford fans are scratching their heads. In fact, they're doing more than that. They're howling. Maybe Ford teams are scratching their heads, just trying to figure out how to get some sort of impetus into this year's supercars title. Out of the fourteen races we've had so far. Only one has gone the way of the Blue Oval. Actually, it's 15 races now, isn't it? Yeah, 15 races after the Triple Crown in Darwin. 15 races and only one on by the Mustangs. And that was actually race one in Newcastle, Cam Waters. It's all to do with parity. And Ford are blowing up as a factory and as the teams. What does this all mean? Well, let's try and bust it down with our man from the well, he's the co-host of the Driver's Seat Podcast here on SEN. Uh, Matt McKeldon, a very good morning to you. Can can you bust it down for us in simple terms, in layman's terms, what's going on with the Mustangs and what must they do or mu- what must happen to bring them back up to speed? Good
3: morning, Ben. Well, simple terms is uh, not a term that we actually can use within supercars. It seems to be the most complicated uh, thing in the world right now, which is why we can't seem to get forward up the front of our sport. Look, if you want to be a bit of a propeller head about it, um, what Ford is saying at the moment is that there is an aero deficiency with the new Gen 3 Mustang. And to break that down even further, they're, probably, they're talking really about a mid-corner aero deficiency. So when the car reaches into the mid-corner, there's a lack of uh, aero downforce on the Mustangs, which means it uses its tyres more. And then as you then go through the race, Uh, because it's using its tires more and more, it lacks speed throughout a full race. On a lap, a single lap, yep, not a problem. Uh, When it comes to to a race distance, though, the Ford definitely looks the lesser vehicle, because as you say, we've had one Ford victory Mm. in the whole of season 2023, and to be quite frank, that was inherited. Cam Waters got that at Newcastle after the two Red
5: course, Bull cars yes. were
3: disqualified That's right. for uh, an, an illegality on the car. So um, if you take that into account, Ford has not reached and does not look like reaching the top step of the podium.
2: And see, Matt, we thought this was all sorted out before the series started, when they were trying to get parity. They did all the testing. They, they they did everything. There was There was modifications made. Supercars had this... Sorted, didn't
3: they? We thought so. Boy, did we thought so, and we hoped so. Um, and at a street circuit where we kicked off the season in Newcastle, mm. bit of a hard place to judge whether we'd actually been able to reach parity. The, the interesting thing is, in the first uh, couple of races, probably three or four races, um, a lot of the talk was about an engine. Disparity. So all we've been receiving from supercars has been that we're going to put a new engine map in the Ford, another new engine map, another new engine map. What's coming out now after Darwin, and we're five rounds down. Remember, we when we go to Townsville in just a couple of weeks' time, we are halfway through our season and Ford is still at a duck egg. What they're now saying is that, as we said earlier, that it is an aero issue with the cars. But Ben, there is two parts to this. There is, of course, the on-track results for Ford versus Chevrolet. The bigger question for me right now is the off-track issues that we are seeing. When we get into an issue like we have right now within NRL or cricket or AFL, the heads of those sports stand up and they say, we've got an issue, we recognise it, this is what we're going to try and do and this is what we hope will happen from the actions that we're taking. Mm. The bigger issue for mine, Ben, is that supercars have been absolutely silent on any of the goings-on in regards to what they're trying to do from a parity point of view and what changes they're going to make to the car. They have the data. Ford, they're not sharing it with Ford, and they're not sharing the data with their Ford teams. So I was made aware of some messages over the weekend from the top guy at Ford in Australia, and they are a hair's breadth away from pulling back from our sport. I've also spoken to other folks in and around supercars. Uh, Ford have already reduced some of their spend from an uh, an in-content advertising point of view. So what I just do not understand, what is so frustrating, and what I think really is
5: quite rude,
3: is that supercars are not communicating with their teams, their corporate partners, and they're sure as heck not compete, uh, uh, communicating with their fans. So we're in a bit of a black hole here, and halfway through our season, it's extraordinarily frustrating.
2: Uh, Matt McKeldin, my guest this morning, the co-host of The Driver's Seat, you hear it here on SEN. Uh, Matt, so if, if Ford pull out, I mean, we're not talking about teams not racing anymore, or is that, or is that what you're suggesting could happen? Uh, when we say
3: manufacturer support, we have yeah. manufacturer support from Ford's point of view for the series, but then we also have teams like Pickford, Dick Johnson Racing. These guys use chunk of money from Ford to be able to keep their racing activities up and viable. Mm. So, am I saying that we would see teams fall over? No, I don't think we would see that. But we are at a come to Jesus point in this in this uh, in our category and in our sport. We profess to be the most competitive uh, and the best touring car category in the world. And right now, we're an absolute laughingstock. Um, when you start having partners within the series as a whole ringing supercars and saying, guys, you, you need to get on top of this because this is becoming embarrassing. Well, that's a real issue for our sport. Um, we struggle to get front-page news. and we, Well, we don't get front-page news. We struggle to get on the back-page news um, for any good reason. And right now, uh, we are a laughing stock and I, and I simply... We're going to talk about it on Wednesday night on the driver's seat. Mm. Um, I am astounded at the lack of leadership from supercars. We have not seen Shane Howard, who is our, the head of our uh, series. We have not stand him up. We have not seen him stand up and take responsibility for what's happened, recognise it, outlay what's going on um, with a hope to fixing it in the coming rounds. There needs to be something desperately done by Townsville come the 7th, 8th and 9th of July, or I don't know what happens with the next step. But we're in a a bit of trouble.
2: Yeah, Matt, it, it seems that way. Is it an easy fix? I mean, if it's aerodynamics, is it tweaking a wing? Is it putting a wider guard? Is it putting more downforce? Is it something that can be fixed quite easily?
3: Well, the aforementioned propeller heads, I am not one of them. So (laughs) I cannot tell you you exactly what the fix is. I can tell you that what is being um, generally called for through the sport is to get our two prototype Gen 3 cars into an aircraft, get them over to the United States to an independent testing facility where we can put one on a rolling road. We put them both on a rolling road type dyno, and we stick both of them into a wind tunnel to be able to maximise the product we have got uh, to be halfway through a season
5: mm. with
3: these results. And and here's, here's the interesting thing. One of our major uh, online news agencies ran a poll after Darwin last week. Should supercars be looking deeper into parity? 86% of respondents said absolutely they should. So... said, no, don't worry. And I'll tell you now that they'll probably be more than likely Chevrolet people. Um, But the reality is that fans of our sport, both Ford and Chevrolet, are now demanding that supercars do something about it. So send them off to America, do something. But again, that's not a quick process. I don't know what the answer is between now and
4: Townsville, but something has to happen.
2: Mate, the driver's seat Wednesday night. Cannot wait for it. Uh, it'll be uh, more explosive details, and we uh, look forward to hearing it. Matt, appreciate your time and stepping us through it today. Matt McKeldon there. Look, it is one of Australian sport's biggest rivalries. Ford, and it's not Holden now, but if you're either one or the other, right? I mean, I grew up with the Kingswood, so I fall into the Camaro camp, the General Motors camp, the Holden camp, whatever you want to call it, the red side. But you do not want to see this. This is not a competition. 15 races in, five events in, and it's been Chevrolet, 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 and the only win that Ford have got is by default. You want it to be a competition. It is Australian sports' biggest rivalry outside of Queensland and New South Wales, but it's in the grand final, isn't it? But all of a sudden, that rivalry is not there. Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six 0467 736 736. Ford fans, Holden, Camaro fans, where do you sit? What needs to happen? What needs to happen right now? We need to take a new sit from
1: Vanessa at 11.33. Hostplus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus, issued by Hostplus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis.
2: Stop Believing by Journey. That's Razor's pump-up song. I wonder if that is going to be pumping through the Maroons' sheds tomorrow night. Uh, Let's find out. Let's ask a man. I don't know if he's in charge of the jukebox, but he's in charge of plenty of other things, including tactics as far as the Maroons are concerned. Josh Hannay, the assistant coach. Josh, good morning to you. Origin Eve, is there a better day of the year?
0: Uh, Good morning, mate. Well, possibly the only better day is a Thursday morning after a a good win. So hopefully... Um, that's the case going into uh, this Thursday, mate. So well, to
2: it. well said. I set them up, you knocked them down. I love that. It was the best answer <laughs> ever. Uh, right, what what does play on the on the? I don't know. Do you have a speaker? Someone with a phone, Bluetooth going in the sheds, or is it all very quiet under your watch and Billy's watch? No,
0: nah, listen. It's 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 largely up to the players. Sometimes you get in there and it's um, yeah, it's whatever they feel. They, and and when when they, I got to say, their music taste is. It's fairly diverse, not in a good way. Um, it's just, there's, there's a fair bit of rubbish here, but I, I'm a bit old school, mate. I like Bruce Springsteen and all those kind of old classics. Uh, a lot of the stuff the boys do play when they play some music, I wouldn't have a clue what it's called, what genre it is yeah. or who's singing it, but yeah, um, it, it gets them going anyway.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing it. Is there someone who is in charge or is there someone not allowed to touch the, touch the, the, um, the, the dials?
0: no no it's open it's open to anyone no one's particularly protective of it um mm. and and they all do seem to have similar taste it's all rubbish but um yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, 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 whatever works right whatever works
2: Well, you've got springsteen pauls just texted in and said what about dreams by van Halen yeah there we go that that's old school that that's that's more yeah, that's more not our bad. Genre. Yeah. I, I Greg, yeah I had great I had Craig greenhill knuckles in the studio yesterday and he said oh no 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 songs he said I, I had John Lang uh, as a coach, and and Roy Simmons, he said if it wasn't country and western, it was banned. <laughs> so they, Yeah, yeah, they had well, nothing.
0: We we it's interesting because as I say, there's not a hard and fast rule, and and we never know whether it's a good or bad thing whether the music's on or not, mm. um, because it's just it really is how they are feeling whether they feel like they need a bit of music to just get a bit of energy going or whether they're just so focused they don't want it. Like we're never quite sure whether it's a good sign or not. If the music is pumping, so um, yeah, it's an interesting one. That
2: all right, Josh? Let's get down uh to business. And I don't know if this is a good sign or not. It's been it's been relatively smooth sailing for Queensland coming into this series, coming into this game. And I say relatively smooth sailing because normally, normally we love the adversity. We love we love something, some sort of fly in, fly in the ointment to, to galvanise us. And I guess the, the closest we've come to something like this is the distraction that Ben Hunt may or may not face with all the stuff swirling around in club land. Uh, Seen anything, uh, needed to address anything with Ben Hunt regarding the dragon situation?
0: No, absolutely not. Um, Like we, I know it's been beat up a lot down in the the Southern media and and it's a a storyline down there, but in terms of Ben, like he, I don't think it's something that's come out of the blue to be really honest. And and I think uh, for him, you know, he's not a rookie and I think he's, um, dealt with a lot over his career, and he knows how to handle good times and bad, and distractions, and all the things that this game and this industry can th- can throw at you. Uh, ben Ben's seen it all, so he knows he knows the game, he knows the industry, and he knows that he's got a job to do uh, tomorrow night for Queensland. And he'll when he gets back to Clubland, he'll deal with with what he has to deal with back there at Clubland. But for now, uh, he's he's himself, and you know we're we're fully confident that he'll go out and and play the way he always does, which is enormous for Queensland.
2: Excellent. All Queensland fans can exhale on that one. Um, Josh, one of the the, the endearing images I got out of game one was at full time, Billy was sitting there in the box. You, You were out of shot. I couldn't see your reaction, but... Billy was quite stone-faced. He, he, he was, it, there was not much emotion at all, considering what had just happened, a, an against-the-odds win. You were down a man with Flegler in the bin and, and, and Lindsay Collins out-leaping James Tedesco. Never in a month of Sundays. But yeah. I guess a win can sometimes paper over the cracks. We, we weren't that far away yeah. from not getting that win. What, what have you focused on this week, this camp? What needs to be done better to make sure we're not in a position where we need a front row out leaping a fullback.
0: Yeah, I think, firstly, I guess the reaction um, immediately after game one was it was a game where we just felt like we lost our way for the middle part of that game. By middle part, I've probably been talking, you know, 40 to 50 minutes of that game. And, and there was a little bit of frustration probably from us uh, with regard to that. We And I think... When the game finished, we just sort of sat back in our chair, and and our initial yeah feeling was oh you know a bit disappointing in how we played. We were we were so um, we were so proud of the effort and the bravery and the courage. That's that's mm. basically what won us the game. But we were we were a little bit flat with regards to how we played. So coming into game two, certainly something that part of our review when we reviewed game one was a big part of it was just celebrating the spirit celebrating the 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 uh the queensland spirit because it was on it was on show um in game one you know that last 10 minutes in particular but what yeah. we really needed to screw down on was the footy the nuts and bolts of our game the technical tactical stuff that we we felt like we can be a lot better with in game two so certainly mate we we know we can play a lot better than we did in game one but we also are aware that we we feel like we'll need to as well we're we're going to be playing a desperate New South Wales team uh, that, that aren't going to leave anything out there on, on Wednesday night.
2: Kicking game is going to be all, all important, I, I feel. And I, I, we've got options as far as kickers are concerned. New South Wales, Mitchell Moses, and new inclusion. He's only played one game. I'm tipping he's going to get a fair bit of traffic coming his way considering he's the new kid on the block. But also he is really, when you look across at their main and only kicking option.
0: Yeah, well, he would certainly like to think he'll be their primary kicker. Um, Lou, I will do, do a little bit, but it's a hallmark of Mitchell Moses' game is his ability to kick high, kick long, and, and basically basically landed on a five-cent piece. Yeah. He's, he's very good at it. Um, you know, so we the guys have played plenty of football against Mitch. They're aware of his strengths, and, and yeah, we'll need to be doing a good job with our kick pressure on him uh, come Wednesday, mate, for sure.
2: Has anyone got that mission?
0: Everyone, <laughs> no, everyone. But you know, at some point in the game, you never know uh, when it's going to be your
5: turn, right? But yeah.
0: you know when it. We we do know when it is your turn and where you'll be standing when it's your responsibility to, to put that pressure on, as I say. So everyone's aware of that responsibility and the need to, to do that and fulfill that responsibility when the time arises.
2: Uh, Maroon's assistant coach, Josh Hannay, my guest. Before I let you get back into Camp Maroon, mate, uh, one final one, coaching staff. And I know you've been there before as a player, uh, and and I'm sure this has been addressed along the way, but how do you address the C word? How do you address complacency when it comes to playing at home, stadium, everything on your side, uh, not that many changes? How do you not be complacent? And how do you get that into the boys?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I don't think there's a a proven method. The one thing that we have been really mindful of is ever since we've come on board as a staff, we've never coached um, outcomes or results. We've always been very process and preparation driven and and feel like we we get that right. We're we're more than likely going to get the performance we want. So again, this camp, we've just been very focused on our preparation and making sure that uh, we made the necessary adjustments and improvements with our game from game one to game two, and the other thing mate, is we you know really simple methodology, but we just try and make sure that uh, for these games the players' hearts are full and their minds are clear um, hearts are full and that means they 're going to go out there with the necessary desire intent and spirit to 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 go to that extra level and If their minds are clear it means they're they 're really aware of the style of football we want to play so we um that's that's been a real focus of us, um, this preparation. We haven't touched on anything more than that, mate. So we hope that um, that approach is going to hold us in good stead and, and we're, we're going to go out and play the way we want to play, yeah.
2: I love that. Hearts full, minds clear, and Bruce Springsteen ringing in the background. Outstanding stuff, mate. <laughs> we, <laughs> we wish you all the best. One more sleep to go. And we hope after two sleeps, that Thursday morning when we wake up, it'll be one of those days, probably the It's the most special day of the year. Josh Hadday, appreciate your time. Thanks, mate. Good luck. Good hunting.
0: Legend. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me.
2: There we go. Assistant coach for the Maroons deep inside the inner sanctum. The Blues, they ought to be wary. Heart's full. Mind's clear. Queensland on the boil. 11.52. Time to take a break. We'll be back to wrap it up with your text too. Supercars and Ben Hunt's future
1: is on your mind. That's next. (laughs) Hostplus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Hostplus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Cos like us, baby, we were born to Ah, uh, there we go, the
2: boss if Josh Hannay had his way, that would be playing in the Maroons' sheds tomorrow night before they run out for Origin 2. We've had a fair bit of fun today. Thank you for your company over the last three hours. We've done it all thanks to Macca's proud sponsors of the Little Legends supporting grassroots sports here in Queensland. Patton Hills have the Mac's little legends promotion running along. SEN.com.au is where you'll find those details, how you can nominate your little legends. All right, speaking of legends, those on the text line, look, if it was a Chev problem, Roland Dane would be all over head office at Supercars. It'd be fixed immediately. I don't watch Supercars anymore because it's like a Labor government. Mm, is that because of the red corner, the red team winning the whole thing? Oh, I don't know. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, Troy on the text line 0467 736 736. If Hunt goes to the Titans, it's to play halfback. Kieran Foran is only training once a week and retirement will be this year. Freeze up cash. Troy, thank you for your, your thoughts out on the Bay side. Yeah, Ben Hunt has dominated conversation over the last... 24, 48 hours, hasn't he? But tomorrow night, it all comes down to Origin 2 at Suncorp Stadium, and it's an Origin-themed show again tomorrow. Cannot wait for this. Mal Meninga joining me after 10 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, until then, I'm going to handball it over to Jimmy Smith, and the Afternoon Boys will bring it on home with Fletch and James Magnuson. Thank you for your company. I'll catch you tomorrow from night.